Hello to everybody listening, listening from all over the world. You're probably wondering where Ollie Crocker's gone. Uh, Well, I'm here today to tell you that the actors for now are taking over the asylum. So today I am the chief superintendent, as it always should have been, and I'm going to be interrogating someone who's always being requested by the Patreon viewers. My great friend, my dressing room sharer, Kilimanjaro tent buddy, the beautiful, the one and only, Natalie Rolls, aka DS Debbie McAllister. Now, I'm about to do something that I usually detest and hate others doing when, you know, when friends haven't seen each other for a while. So I think everyone might have to um, put their earplugs in for this. <laughs> yes! oi, oi. There she is, Natalie Rolls. Good morning, love. Good morning, my mate. How are you, love? Oh, I'm good. Spring is here. It's sprung after such a shite year. I know. I don't know how you feel, but it feels a bit more positive now and it feels like things are starting to open up. Everyone's getting their vaccines. Have you had yours? I have. I've had mine as well. We're in that age category, aren't we now? Although I know you're, you're probably not. No, you're younger than me, but you know when you go along and you sort of look around and go, oh, is this what I look like? <laughs> <laughs> I did exactly the same thing. That. What one did you have? So I had the AstraZeneca. Um, and I've got to say, me and my husband went. He's coming up 50 this year. And he was like immediately ill. Like two hours later, he's shivering, he's ill and he's in bed. And I was all smug sat there going, I'm fine. <laughs> and then the next day I woke up and I'm still fine. And then about six o'clock Sunday night, I just went, oh my God, it's just hit me. And I was in bed shivering. I was hallucinating, seeing shadows that weren't there, like proper sweat on major temperature. I wasn't well at all. But, and it took about five days for me to get okay, but I'm, I'm fine now. Did you get any symptoms? I did, but it was in a way I sort of, you know, when you just go, this is right. I'm glad I'm having some reaction here. Yeah, because my immune system's doing something, doesn't like it. She's working away, sending the little armies around. I just feel so thankful the smog is lifting. It's been horrendous 2020 and we're all going to look back. There's so many things that have happened, so many massive events globally. Yeah. That it's just, yeah, it's, it's a wake-up call for so many, so many things. Isn't it just? I'm going to start there actually, Nat. I wanted to ask you. How has lockdown been for you, really? What's the past year been like for you? Oh, mixture. So January last year, I was taking my mum to India and it was her like big thing. This is what she's been waiting for, just to have this amazing trip. And we've been working on it for so long, booking in these amazing palaces and, you know, just doing the whole golden triangle zones and a bit like you Suze because we love our travel don't we and we've missed you know we've missed so much in this last year that was the pinpoint for me when in February it was all being spoken about and we were worrying and, and what should we do we had everything booked we had to stop this trip so that was number one. Oh, so you didn't go we couldn't get to India on this big amazing trip and my dad wasn't too well either. So that sort of all played into it. So we, we cancelled that trip. And then something else came up and I was booked on a flight to South Africa. And it was work helping on a shoot. It was one of those like, hee hee, we're off to South Africa. And the tickets were booked. Same thing. So that got pulled. No. Yeah. 
oh, in hindsight, when I look back, that means nothing now because it's the oldies that have suffered so much. Yeah. They've lost these important years. A bit like te- my teenage boy, he lost his 13th year. You know, that year that you should be out just meddling and being a teenager. It was so chaotic. I've only got one. You've got two, Suze. I don't know how you did it. Anyone who's got <laughs> over one kid, I don't know how you did it. Yeah. There's a mum in my year, in, in my eldest year, and she's got four kids. And, you know, you just think that they're all homeschooled. And, you know, you just think, how has she done that? For me personally, lockdown has been, and and I know I'm going to probably be hated for this because, you know, in the bigger picture, people have lost their lives. People have lost loved ones. People have been affected where they've lost their jobs, you know, possibly their homes. All that is still happening at the moment. Mm. So I always feel, saying what I'm about to say, you know, it's, um, it's me trying to be all positive, but... My lockdown experience was incredible because I feel like I really got to know my two children really well. It was a chance to just spend loads of time together. And we did. And we we just embraced it. And when they went back to school, I was so upset because I thought, God, these are hours and days that you never get to see all of this time with the children. So for me, it was an absolute pleasure, I've got to say. I mean, we tried to use the time wisely and we were dead lucky because we had a, an amazing summer. I was outside on the Costa del Patio every day, <laughs> but I drank too much. I've got to say I was drinking quite a lot, which I'm not anymore. Those first few weeks, we all went a bit crazy, didn't we? We were like, yeah, we can yeah. eat what we want. We can do what we want. But it was, it, was, it was the fear factor around it. We just, no one knew anything. Yeah. I'm with you on the... Um, the positive it it brought so much joy on on other levels yeah and I think being in this business as well we're sort of we're sort of tuned in to navigate things and be you know resourceful and and waiting around yes waiting for the next job so on those you know the people that go to work every day that go to an office the struggle there would have been much harder for us we're sort of used to it during lockdown, did you sort of use your time wisely? Is there anything that you've learned? You know, there's people who've gone out and learned a language or my sons have learned to play the piano. I've learned to read music. Is there, is there anything have that you? you've done? Yeah. Have you learned music? Get you. I have only because my kids go to piano lessons once a week and Douglas now is getting very good. Freddie's only just started. But I've been, because it's over Zoom, I've had to sort of translate what the teacher's trying to get them to do because the teacher can't go, no, it's that note, it's that note. So I've been there trying to understand what the teacher's you know, saying to them. Well done. Through being there, I've actually learned to read piano music and I can put a tune together now. It's like, it's really odd. I can sort of, pl- I get it. You know, if you put a piece of music in front of me, I'll be able to work out what the notes were and play it. No, 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 I didn't do. Do you know what? I've got so many bags of objects and clothes that I have moved removed and hoping to put you know to the charity shops of course that's I think everyone's just full of recycling and all these bits that we don't need I think that's what I found most it's like I've got so much stuff that I don't need yeah that I seem to be doing all the time dog walking fantastic that was the passport out that got me out in the downs and new sea walks and you know it was just all of that I just really got back to the things I love actually nature and your dog how long have you had your dog he's six this week 
Oh. I can't believe I've had him for six years. Because a lot of people went out, didn't they, and bought puppies. We did. We're, we're in that camp. We've had dogs before and, and you know, everyone knows Jeremy and he, he, he died. So we went and got Reggie in lockdown. Um, and I've seen your dog on a Zoom chat with the Misty Moon. It was a Bill reunion, wasn't it? And your dog came on camera. So, so your dog helped you get through the lockdown, you think? Without doubt, because... Otherwise, I, I would I think I would have gone internalized a lot more. I think uh, being able to even socially distance and talk about what was going on to a stranger was really helpful. And talking to the oldies in my street and dropping around little bits if they needed things and just so healing. So such a great friend. And with a teenager, they don't want to speak to you anymore. So I've got lots oh. more. <laughs> Oh, is it? Are you there? Are you? Is that the point you're at where they, they, he doesn't speak to you anymore? No, no, no. He's he's fantastic, but he's very much. You know, we started the PS Five. That all started. It was <laughs> the birthday last January, so it was only weekends. That was the deal. But of course, yeah. <laughs> I have lost him to a PS Five. I am in that. We've all done it. My kids have got the Xbox like you our kids are only allowed it at the weekend there's no gaming or phones or anything like that they're allowed tv through the week but not only at weekends for gaming and in lockdown it was used as leverage in our house so i'd say look do this nice piece of homeschooling do it well you know look back on it make the changes or you know upskill it and thou shall have the xbox for fortnight and then it was all hooray and we were all happy and I'd have a glass of wine and it was all good and we're all singing and dancing. And now we're back to school. I've had to wean them off it. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so now it's suddenly, nope, can't have that. You know, you can only have it on a, on a Friday night or a Saturday. So yeah, there's been war in our house over Xboxes. It's just a nightmare. No, and like this weekend, I'm off to see my parents there in North London. Horatio, he was just like, okay, if I do an hour now, that means because I've got nothing at the weekend, it gets really sort of desperate in his face. It's like, please, please. So I give him for that hour. And actually, you know, it's okay. He's still in the room with his mates. He's not in there, hopefully. You know, he's, he's okay. I know what he's doing. And his room's full of LED lights. I can actually see him from the road. <laughs> Has your kid, have your kids got LED lights? Have they gone mad on those? Not yet, because we moved house. You, you won't believe this. Oh, yeah, no, I remember. I remember. Five days before lockdown. So the boys are both West Ham supporters. They've got West Ham bedrooms. But all of these LED lights and, and the, you know, all the things that they now want for the bedroom, now it's all yeah. opening up again. We can start adding that. So I'm going to be in the same boat as you very soon. And, Hunt, listen, as soon as they go into that teen thing, I've, there's girly posters. I've got girly posters up in my son's room. What, of, of fit women? Fit girls. No, oh no. It's so funny, it really is hilarious. Well, the, the way my little one is, Freddie, he would have fit girl posters up in his room now and he's only six. <laughs> <laughs> he's a terror. He's gorgeous as well. He's gonna be trouble when he's older, that one. I always say that. Yeah, sort of I've got nerdy. all that to come. But I just I don't want to get to the point where they hate me. <laughs> I want them to love their mum and speak to me and be me mate and, you know, I dread the teenage years. It's all right. They come back to us, I think. They do drift off. They want their mates. They're much more important, but they still, they need, they need their mummy. Right, Natalie, I wanted to ask you, right, let's go back right to the very start. So 
start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Right, yes. Hello. <laughs> so your your family, do you come from a family of like arty, talented people? Like is, is acting, is art in your blood? What made you want to go into the acting game, really? I think my mum's side, they're very artistic. My uncle was Royal Academy Music. My mum was fashion, technical college, all of that. The other uncle, he's he's so clever. He can make these amazing little bits of furniture for dolls' houses. He's like out of anything. Wow. But no real sort of theatrical, that path, I don't think that was in their blood. And also through their time, it was, it was the movies, you know, sitting down and watching the afternoon movies on Saturday afternoon. My mum always remembers that being shown to her when she was growing up. So she did the same to me. That was my pull, I think. And also dance class. I love going to dance class from about age three. Because you were, you were a dancer, weren't you? That's, is that how you started into be, yeah. being in television? Well, I, yeah, I went, I followed my sister to dance school and had the best time. And from 18 really to 22, I had a dance career, which was just, you know, every week was different. You might be doing a Levi's fashion tour around Europe to the Royal Variety performance, to music videos, to, you know, it was just so much fun. Everything was just yeah wow that sounds incredible so did you you did all that you did the royal variety performance yes Arlene wow. Phillips I remember <gasps> auditioning for her wow how scary was that <laughs> she was great actually she taught she did take me under her wing she was a brilliant sort of she was inspiring actually she always had incredible people around her good team and she introduced me to the Royal Shakespeare Company. Without her, I wouldn't have got an audition wow. at 22. And they were looking for dancers that, were, that could also understudy the other parts of A Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. So that, for me, was, until then, even though I loved the dancing, it wasn't, wasn't that thing that made me go, yes, this is what I want to do. But... Once I was back on the stage at the Barbican in London, for me, that was my moment of, okay, this is where I'm going. And I had to go and do my Shakespeare pieces. I had to, you know, it was old school, the table when you walk in the room and everyone sat behind the table and, and what are you going to read for us today? It was one of those. Yes. So that for me was my little turning point. John Hanna, Phil Daniels, Francis Johnson. There were these big people that, you know, you see their names now working away. And I'm trying to think of, who's the girly? She was fantastic, but I understudied. And she had a fall on the dress rehearsal. She literally fell down the trapdoor, and I was on. No, what show was that, Matt? Clockwork Orange. Wow. For me, yeah, that, that was my moment. I had to get up there and do it. And I watched six weeks of rehearsals in Clapham. And yes, I was on and I did it. And then I went to, I came back and did a couple of other shows at the RSC. And then the Clockwork Orange was asked to go to the West End. So I took that. And at the same time, I was asked to go to Birmingham Rep. And I was really undecided what to do. 
and probably in hindsight, I should have gone Birmingham Rep because Clockwork Orange <laughs> closed within six weeks. Did it? <laughs> yeah. But that was good for me because, you know, it's, that's the way it is, isn't it? You, you know, you just got to go with the flow. So after that, it was meetings, TV appearances, loads of commercials. Yeah, I was the Rover Metro girl. And there was a little bit of a thing with the uh, French Renault girl. I remember that. She was a papa. That one. Oui, oui. Yes, that's and the you, one. I remember you in that advert. That has just come flying back to me. Oh, yeah. So funny. So long ago. So young. Oh. I know. So just all little bits of different work until I got that meeting for the bill. So I wasn't the Paul Marquis era. I was the Michael Simpson, Michael Chapman people that brought in the new crew. Yes. That were changing things up. Because I think a lot of people might get that confused. Who did you come in with? You came in with, was it Tanya? Tanya Emery, Steve Hartley. Yeah. Raji. So I think there were seven of us. Yeah. And that was fantastic because it was like going back, it was starting school with a new class and everyone was so welcoming, you know, the Trudies and the Marks, everyone. It was just, it was walking into, well, you were there, hon. I was in I was there. Room. My dressing room sharer, my Kilimanjaro tent buddy. We never really worked a lot. We were never really on camera a lot together, but we spent a lot of time together sort of outside of it, didn't we? We did. Yeah, it was brilliant, actually, because you and I, even though, like you said, we weren't in too much together and we had our sort of private time in our rooms, we'd often find each other asleep and sneak in and get what we needed and and head off down the flight deck. Um, But as you say, outside, we got um, hooked up with the Bobby Moore Fund. Yeah. And we did the Great North Run, Kilimanjaro. You went on to do Everest. Oh, my God, Suze, you're amazing. Well, I was going to ask you, when we did run the Great North Run together in, I think that was 2002, wasn't it? Did you carry on? Because obviously I did go off and I did uh, Great Wall of China. I had lots of visions that I would do those things. Yeah. My knee was pretty screwed up after that motorway running up the um, Newcastle Great North Run. Do you know what? I've done some charity stuff now in my life. And my running days have come to an end for kneecap reasons and things. I saw Steve Hartley, actually, last two weeks ago. Yeah. For a social distance dog walk. And he was the same, exactly the same. He said, my knees are shot from doing all those runs. Because he carried on, didn't he, after? Because he did the Great North Run with us. Do you remember? I think he was for a different charity. Is that right? Do you remember the beginning of the race? And there was Frank Bruno standing there with his... I mean, he was absolutely huge, towering above us. And I remember I just had to go and shake his hand. And I slow motion looked at his hand thinking, wow, look at the size of his hand. Yeah, I remember that. Do you know what? I've got this confused. So the Great North Run, I ran for Bobby Moore Fund. And I think, did you as well? And I think Steve did it for leukemia. You know, the Um, Banana Army uh, for the TV Times. Because my number was, was 1966 for Bobby Moore. And I've still got the T-shirt. Um, now, the Great North Run, I can honestly hand on heart say, is the hardest one I've ever done. I've done a couple of marathons. I've done loads of 10Ks. I've done loads of 5Ks. I've trekked the Great Wall. I've trekked Everest. I've done this, that, the other. The Great North Run is the one I would never, 
ever do again. And it was because, do you remember the hills in it? Oh, I, I think I got to mile nine and my brain was going, okay, just slip into the crowd, slip into the crowd. <sighs> no one will know, no one will see you. And this awful. I don't know what it was. Someone behind me or someone above me said, keep going. If you stop, I stop. And it was the weirdest moment. And from that point, I was fine. But it okay. was absolutely, I mean, I don't know how these people do these things. Some people do them over a weekend, don't they? And they do three uh, or four. <laughs> just, it's just insane. Well, I can't, I can't run anymore. Me and my husband in lockdown, we got into the whole Joe Wicks thing. Did you, did you get into that at all? No, babe. <laughs> so we did. We embraced the Joe. And we were doing oh. Joe every day with him. We were there. We got the kids involved. And now the kids are all back at school. Me and my husband still do it. So we are now on the graduate plan. Um, and I've never been fitter in my life, but I can't run. So what we used to do from our house, if you go out of our house and turn, right, there's a pub half a mile away exactly. So we used to time each other during lockdown, running from our house to the pub and back. <laughs> obviously not stopping for a pint gutted and you know we got some good speeds but then it just wasn't doing me any good you know I'm, I'm a lady who's had two children now and I don't think I should be behaving like that really so um we we, we stopped that and we, we got into the Joe Wicks instead and I tell you what I feel great I can highly recommend it I should be on commission for Joe shouldn't I you know I did my workout this morning it's all weight and I've dropped two dress sizes and I've lost a little bit of weight probably about I don't know six pounds but it's the body shape and tone that's different now and although wow. I was really fit when I did the marathon I didn't train properly you know I used to go out running and I didn't do it properly I don't know how we did that I used no. to get to the studio for like six park the car before that I used to run around Clapham Common <laughs> yeah. before we did a day's work and finish at seven that's how we trained. It wasn't proper training at all. Now, no, I get my mat out and I've got my little routine that I do. So you're a yoga lady? Well, stretching and, uh, yeah, I sort of bring back the old, you know, dance moves, yeah. put the music on and that makes me happy. Right, you know, not, I don't run with the dog. I, I stroll and that's the sort of yoga meditation walking thing as well. I feel like a punch bag sometimes. You know, when you feel like you want to go, ah, ah, ah. Well, I do. You know, I do karate, don't you? You get. I know you're on your black belt or something. I'm a brown belt now, so I should be a black belt in the next eighteen months. So I, I do know how that feels. I, if I don't go to karate three times a week, then I, I'm ready to murder somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's the scouse in me. <laughs> but I've got me, I've got me eldest doing it, and my youngest is going for his grading for his orange belt on the on Sunday. Well, well done, Suze, because that teaches so many different disciplines. It's brilliant. It's finding your your thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, we, we, we did all this running and we did all this mountain climbing and, and it probably wasn't great for our bodies. So you now stretching, that's your thing. Me now mm-hmm. punching things and kicking things, that's my thing. I'd just like to say, not my children, not my dog, or my husband, <laughs> and I do it right. But it, is it finding your thing? So, so is dancing, is, is yoga your thing? I'd say, and I love music, always Mm. have music in my life. So for me, that makes me happy. And as long as I do my, like this morning, I've done my little bit and I'll do something again. At the moment, the routine seems seems to be around four o'clock. The mat comes out, five o'clock, boy comes home, supper, and that's the little routine. And I think that's what this whole year's been about, trying to find the new day. You know, there's like a whole, it's filling the day up correctly. just those 
punctuated points of the day that make you feel better. Food, food has become, I mean, I've always been a foodie. So that's been really important as well. Trying to do the, uh, the right thing on that level. Weekends, yeah. it goes a bit out the window. Always. And I did think about doing, oh, let me film this and let's put this on Instagram. And then I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'd much rather listen to Ricky Gervais or, you know, so while I'm cooking away and, and just having these little podcast moments or live people. I've got this fantastic uh, musician friend, Wayne Marshall, who lives in Malta and he's been doing concerts He's incredible. So there's this been this big, yeah, I, I'm not a social media person. I'm not very good at it. Apologies if anyone's tried to friend me on Facebook. And I don't mind doing that for my friends and family. That's like my friends reunited thing. But Instagram and Twitter, you can get me on. I'm just putting that in there now because I'm not very good at saying, sorry, please contact me here. Yeah, no, that that's a great point. That lastly, because I'm um, I don't do Instagram. My my bulldog has got an Instagram page, but I haven't. <laughs> I do Twitter now and then when I can remember to do it. But Facebook, I keep locked down to my friends and family, so it, it's the same for me. And you do get requests from very nice people. It's just that it, it it's a very closed group Facebook. I think for for us, exactly. you're, you're you're like you're like me in that respect. Not very good at it. <gasps> do you know what I was thinking this because this sort of phone and tweeting and all of this what we should be doing apparently imagine if it was around when we were on the bill <gasps> oh my imagine God. what hell we'd have i used I to get shouted at in the supermarket by people you know oh it's you you know there'd be real aggression so if you had that you know for what people go through now and they're really trolled. I my heart goes out to them, and I don't think I would have handled that very well. I would have had to have completely ignored it. Yeah, I don't think I would have handled that well. I think we were famous in that era, and we were very lucky that that wasn't going on around us because we weren't naughty people. We didn't do naughty things or anything. But it's just the whole knock-on effect to it, and and keeping up that that sort of celebrity face. Mm. I don't think I'd be very good at that. No, I'm rubbish at it. And and just being conscious of yourself so much that you're you can't just live your life. Everybody makes mistakes when they're younger. Now I was only twenty two on the bill. I was like a, a kid. And it's and I find that really weird. I'm going off tangent here a bit, but you know Suzanne Maddock when I was twenty two. And I know you when you were on the bill. And and that's not who we are today. And that makes me go, Oh, that's why I'd, i I love this catch up because you know, it's like I only spoke to you yesterday. That's the oh, first no. thing, isn't it? I, you were 22 and I was 30. I look back at me at 22 and I was a proper knobhead. Like, <laughs> I, I, I hate myself at 22. I was just everything that I don't stand for now. You know, I, I, I think I'm an all right person now and I'm quite proud of who I am. You're an all right person. I was a tit. I was a tit. <laughs> Do you know what I was listening to on one of Oliver's podcasts? They're brilliant, by the way, Oliver, if you're listening. It, it was the one about you turning up, Rene, the, their dressing room, and you put the table on the ceiling. We turned Rene's oh. dressing room upside down and we left a note on the door saying, you have been visited by the upside down monster. But we, but I, if you remember... Do you remember? And you were 
absolutely you were so excited and and it was so much school fun there that was flight deck that whole do you know what my it would have been great if you'd had like a single track and the camera going from one dressing room all the way along and then ending up with Renee's room with all the taped you know police do not do not it was very mean. I mean, these days we'd probably be like pulled up in front of the um, exec producer for doing that for bullying. But it was it was a it was a prank, you know. It was a silly prank, and he he was so upset by that. And, and I'll never. And we talk about it now, me and Red, and we laugh about so it. And he's just like shakes his head. It was all meant with the best intention. And and, and poor Rennie, he'd done something like three weeks on straight without a day off, and back to back scenes of really heavy storyline and. He just wanted to have his breakfast and he walked his room <laughs> to see like pictures in bed. <laughs> me, me and Matt Crompton completely ruined his dressing room, oh. right? And then he was upset and I was like, mate. And he was like, don't even speak to me. <laughs> Hello, this is Ben Payton and you have been listening to The Bill Podcast. Presented by Suzanne Maddock. With special thanks to Natalie Rolls. Produced by Oliver Crocker. Co-produced by Alana Dewar, Dan Evans, Sarah Kuiper and Alex Mottler. Executive produced by Glenn Allen, Chris Booth, Sonia Burton, Daniel Christopher, Andrew Dyack, Paul Dunn, George Fairbrother, Erin Gordon, Luke Hegarty, Edward Kellett, James Ledane, Stuart and Jen Morris, Claire Norbury, Justin Pitt, Tom Sherrington, Patrick Stratford, Sarah Went and Michael Weil. Brought to you in association with georgefairbrother.com and Misty Moon Events.